Well, good morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Andreas, and it's good to be with you. I, uh, I grew up in a different country from this one. I grew up, I spent the first 14 years of my life in Austria, and they were great. But I distinctly remember my first few weeks in Canada. I was 14, and I had an experience I'll never forget. A few weeks into my time into Canada, I got to go, which I think was the best place in the world, Anvil Island, Daybreak Point, Daybreak Point Bible Camp. I, uh, if you haven't been to Anvil, Anvil is this island on, on the way up to Howe Sound. It's this island, and I arrived there coming from a different culture, a different country, and I was like, this is incredible. The people here are so nice. We have so much fun. All we do all day is we eat, we play games, and we worship. I was like, I can do this forever. This is unbelievable. I just loved it. And I remember thinking, I would give up anything for this to be my life forever. <laughs> now, it wasn't my life forever, but I, just, I want you to think about this. I, I want you to think about I had this experience where I didn't know something this amazing existed. Have you had an experience like that? Have you ever been to, um, it could be an island, probably not. Have you ever been to a community or met a person or had an experience where you left thinking, I can't believe this existed. This is better than anything I've ever experienced. So give me a minute to pause. Have you ever had an experience where you left thinking, I've never had something this amazing happen to me? Well, the parable we're looking at this morning about the kingdom of heaven is exactly that experience. We have a man who finds something and he's willing to give up anything for it. So this is found in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the fields. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. I love this quote from Warren Worsby. He says this about parables, which we're looking at today. Parables start off like pictures, then become mirrors, and then become windows. First, there's sight, as we see a slice of life in a picture. Then there's insight, as we see ourselves in the mirror. And then there's vision, as we look through the window of revelation and see the Lord. So that's my hope for us this morning, that we take a look at this short little parable and that we meditate on it together. I've been, I've been doing that the last couple of months, and it's been incredible. I hope for all of us this morning is that you first get a little bit of glimpse of life in this parable and then see yourself in this parable and then ultimately see the Lord and what he's saying to you through that parable. That's our hope as we look at it. So let me just give you a minute and I want you to meditate on this short little parable. Just read it and meditate on it and see what you can find and what God may be saying to you through it. I hope God continues to speak to you through this parable this morning. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then his, in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. A little bit of context here as we come back is uh, what's this deal with the field? I had to look this up. 
because I didn't understand why the man had to buy the field to get the treasure. Uh, and, and what I found was back then, uh, treasures were buried in fields so that no one could steal them. They didn't, uh, if they had wealth or they had treasures or value money in banks, rather they would dig holes in their fields and put the treasure in their most valuable things and put them there so that no one could steal them. And so typically, these are often the most valuable, someone's most valuable possessions. And so when this man stumbles across this treasure, he could choose to steal it. But he instead does what's right and legal at that time, which is when you want to buy the treasure, you can get it by purchasing the fields. So I don't think this means something grand about us purchasing something else in order to get the kingdom or to get Jesus. But I think Jesus is just using something that was incredibly common to their day. They all knew that treasures were hidden in fields, and they all knew to get that treasure, you have to buy the field. So that's just a little bit of fun context there for us this morning. So, but the question I want to ask is, the key question of this parable is, what is this treasure that the man finds in the field? And I actually think it could be a number of things. And there's different sermons on a number of things this treasure could be. And all of them are true. All of them are biblical themes. What is this treasure that this man is willing to give up everything for? Well, first, this treasure is Jesus himself. The Apostle Paul, a writer of much of the New Testament, someone who had his life drastically changed by Jesus, says this, yet everything else is worthless compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. When we know Jesus, everything else pales in comparison. And there's another story in the Gospels, in, in, the, in the, the books written about Jesus that show this incredible value that people would place on Jesus that we're invited to do similarly. So this is found, the story is found in Mark 14, verses 3 to 5. Just love this story, how someone valued Jesus so much. So Mark 14, 3 to 5. When Jesus was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar, the jar and poured the perfume on Jesus' head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why waste this perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. I might have had that thought. A year's wages on perfume for Jesus? Leave her alone, Jesus said, why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor will always be with you, but, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Here you have this woman who treasures Jesus so much that she would waste, in other people's eyes, a year's wages worth of perfume on him. She treasured him so much that she'd give that all up for him. And what's incredible here is Jesus doesn't often say, wherever the gospel is preached, this story will also be told. This encapsulates much of the gospel, of the good news, treasuring Jesus. She got it. 
She valued him. She loved him. She treasured him. And because of that, whenever the gospel is preached, Jesus said, for the last 2,000 years, this story has been read out to millions, billions of other Jesus followers. So the question for us this morning, do we, like this woman, treasure Jesus? If he was here, would it be easy for us to, to give a year's worth of wages to, and throw them at Jesus' feet? Do we treasure Jesus in such a way that giving something up for him isn't a burden, but a joy? So what's this treasure? This treasure is Jesus. This treasure also is you. The kingdom of heaven is not just a kingdom, a one-way kingdom, where we just treasure God. It's a two-way kingdom. It's a kingdom where God treasured us so much, treasures us so much, that he gave up everything, that he gave up his one and only son to die for you. He gave up his only son to die for you so that he could gain you and love you. You see this theme all throughout scripture. In Isaiah 43, 4, God says, Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you, I give men in return from you, people in exchange for your life. God loves us. 16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. The kingdom of heaven is like God finding treasure in us and giving up everything to purchase us. Do you know that Jesus treasures you? So what's this treasure? This treasure is Jesus. This treasure is you. And this treasure is the kingdom of heaven itself, which both Jesus treasuring us and us treasuring Jesus are parts of the kingdom. But as I've meditated on this passage for the last couple months, I really think there's some insight to be gained by thinking of the treasure even more than those two things, although those are incredibly important and life-changing things, but that the kingdom of heaven itself is treasure. I mean, it says pretty clear, the kingdom of heaven is treasure. Okay, so what does that mean? What does it mean? It's easier to, for me to think Jesus is treasure. What does it mean for the kingdom of heaven to be treasure? A big part of that is treasuring Jesus, but what else does that mean? Well, as, as Ken introduced, the kingdom of heaven is where God reigns. So it's this idea that we treasure God's reign. We treasure his rule, his reign, his inbreaking, heaven coming down to earth. We treasure that so much that we be willing to give up everything for it. We desire God to come to be with us and over us and amongst us. And for his rule and reign to permeate our lives, our communities, our country, our world. We treasure that. We desire that. But what's interesting about this parable too is that the kingdom of heaven is hidden. The kingdom of heaven is hidden. It's like treasure hidden in a field. I desire the kingdom of heaven to be here to be amongst us. And I desire it to be seen, and I do see it at times, but other times, it's hard to see. It's hidden. It's not always easy to see God's rule and reign breaking into this world. And Jesus makes that very clear 
that it's on his terms that we see and hear the kingdom. Just earlier in this very chapter, he says this. Matthew 13, 3 to 9 and 16. Whoever has hears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak in, to people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I, I find this a challenging passage. But there's something interesting about God being the one who gives us eyes to see and ears to hear the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is hidden. So we rely on God to give us eyes to see and ears to hear the kingdom. God's rule and reign sometimes isn't obvious, but God can open our eyes to it. He can open our ears to it. When he does a work in our hearts and our lives and our communities, we can see his work more clearly. I don't have all the answers for what that looks like, but I want to leave that with you because I think it's true. It's not always obvious. It's hidden. But what is true, and this is back to the main point of the sermon, is that it is something so valuable it gives us joy to leave everything for it. The kingdom of heaven is something so valuable, it gives us joy to leave everything for it. What I love about this parable is that it specifically says that in his joy, the man gave up everything for it. There are many passages in scripture that talk about giving up everything for Jesus. And sometimes I read them in this very like, oh, I just got to try harder and give up everything and sacrifice. But as I read this passage in other scriptures, I find that God's intent for us isn't to just bear down and give up everything. It's discover the treasure and joy of who he is and who his kingdom is. And what his kingdom is like. And then naturally enjoy give up everything. When we fall in love with both Jesus and his kingdom. We'll find joy and treasure. And it will lead to a natural giving up of everything else. Because we know it's so much better than anything this world has to offer. There's joy that comes in giving up everything. When we discover the treasure of the kingdom, we would joyfully give up anything for it. Is that your experience? Sometimes that's my experience. Sometimes it's not. But there's so much joy in giving up everything when we discover the treasure of the kingdom. And it's not just this us giving up in joy for Christ. It, again, it goes both ways. I love this passage. Hebrews 12, 2. We don't know the author, but it's a book in the New Testament. It says this, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I just, this blows my mind. That Jesus, when thinking about us as treasures, as worthy to die for, and when he thinks about the, and we know Jesus cried and, he, and he, there was a lot of pain. 
He gave up his body, his soul, his connection to the Father. He gave up everything for us. But what motivated Jesus? Joy. What motivated Jesus to give up everything for us? Joy. And we are to do the same. Is joy our motivator for love? Do we love God out of joy? Do we give up things for God because of joy? Do we see him as joyfully giving up everything for us and treasuring us? The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field and bought that field. Have you discovered the treasure and joy of the kingdom? Maybe you haven't, or maybe you have, but it doesn't feel like treasure or joy these days. Have you discovered the tr treasure and joy of the kingdom? You know, there's so much I find to be treasured in the kingdom. I find that when I discover the kingdom, places where God rules and reigns, it gives me freedom because I'm not in control. I can live my life in control, I often do. But when I submit to God, when his rule and reign takes over, there's freedom because he's in control. I'm also freed from the anxiety of not being in control because someone much better is in control. I find there's treasure in the kingdom because it gives me meaningful purpose as I live in my best role in the kingdom as God designed me. God knows me better than anyone. And so when I submit to his rule and reign, I can live into the, the, exactly the way he wants me to in the role that's best in his kingdom with one another. There's so much purpose in that. There's treasure in the king, kingdom. As Matt said this morning, there's a sense of belonging in the community of the kingdom. You belong in this kingdom. No matter what you've done, the grace of Jesus is available to all and belonging is available to all who cry out to him. And then there's an identity in the kingdom that isn't based on your performance. When God breaks in, when his rule and reign take over, your identity is not based on what you've done or how well you perform. It's based on what Jesus has done on the cross for you. So your identity is based and is as a son or child of God. That's how you see yourself. Not because of anything you've done, and that's such good news. There's something I treasure deeply about being God's son. Oh, I just treasure that so deeply. There's so much treasure and joy in the kingdom. You know, I shared early that I experienced much of that my first time I went to Anvil. I experienced a community where I belonged. I experienced purpose in the role I have there of investing in others. I experienced an identity that God gave me. I met God in a way that he said, I am your father, you are my son, and I accepted that identity. I found freedom when I gave up control to him. And I continue to experience this in prayer, in community, in nature, and in everyday living. Not every day. But many days, when I submit to him, I see 
how his rule and reign have transformed all of who I am, and I treasure it deeply. So I want to leave you with this question. Where have you discovered the treasure and joy of the kingdom? And, second question, if either you haven't or you haven't in a while, I want to give you a minute or two just to pray. As I said, it's not for me to convince you of the kingdom. It's, I believe, that God opens our eyes and our ears to him. And so if you're willing to pray, to pray for God to open your eyes, your ears, your hearts to see him whether that's for the first time or for the hundredth time. So I'll give you a couple minutes to reflect, to reflect on either where you've discovered or are discovering today the treasure and joy of the kingdom, or you can pray for God to give you eyes to see and ears to hear his kingdom in your life. Father, I confess that I don't treasure you and your kingdom with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I ask for you to help me treasure and for you to give me eyes and ears to see your kingdom and treasure it. And I ask that for all of us here in this room and those watching online.